All right, hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ. In this week's episode, we're looking at Netflix's 30th film, the 2017 biographical drama, The Most Hated Woman in America. It's directed by Tommy O'Haver. It stars Melissa Leo, Peter Fonda, Sally Kirkland, Rory Cochrane, Josh Lucas, Adam Scott, Juno Temple, and Vincent Carthisa. Hello. Hey, mates. Hey, boys. What's going on? Just been hanging out to talk movies with you boys again. It's always the best time of the week. It is. Always have a good time. Always. So uh, this week we're going to be looking at another film as usual and we always kick it off with our little summary of the film called Fast Flicks and heat up, kick us off. All right, mate. So a biography of outspoken and controversial atheist Madeleine Murray O'Hare. This story covers her rise to prominence and founding of American atheists to her eventual kidnapping and untimely demise. Good summary. Thank you, mate. MJ. Mine was super similar. <laughs> I was like, there's so many similar phrases there. Um, a telemovie type feel covering the story of US woman Madeleine Murray O'Hare and her rise to notoriety through the foundation of American atheists and her subsequent kidnapping. Good. I've gone a true story based on a woman who decides to challenge the relationship between church and state and the many men who have let her down along the way. Nice little take. touch on the men. Mm. Um, did you guys know this story? I had no idea about anything to do with this story. I no. never heard of it before. Knew very, um, very little. You? No, not at all. And mm. I imagine in America this would have been pretty big. And I think probably one of the appeals to making this film would have been that a lot of people knew the story and wanted yeah. to see the inside. Of how it all yeah, actually what happened? Down. Yeah. No, I don't, I, I don't have a clue. I've seen it. it pop up. We watch a lot of crime on our Netflix, so it always pop up on things you may like to watch oh, yeah. based on what you watch. And yeah. Always just skimmed past it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. No, it's all, all completely new to me. Yeah. Same. Mm. All right. So we talk. Well, we try and have a look at what we can learn about this film beforehand. So what, what are some things? Heater's favourite topic. Let's go do it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go. It, uh, it premiered at the South by Southwest Festival um, in March of 2017. Actually, I think it premiered at March 14 and then was released on Netflix March 24. Correct. So pretty quickly, they got it out onto Netflix. So Netflix obviously picked it up from South by Southwest. Is that... Yep, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. I believe, yeah, that's where it happened. And then just chucked it and straight sh- on. Straight away. Yeah. Ten days later, it's on. Filmed in LA as well? Definitely was filmed in LA, yes. Uh, there's a couple of little things. So in the credits, it was produced by Elizabeth Banks. No, oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she does a bit of that. She does of quite stuff. a bit of stuff now. Yeah, which, oh, okay. Which I thought was quite interesting. Did you notice the logo for the film, the um, the T and the hatred? I thought it was a nice design. It was like the, the T and the hatred for the logo had it was like a cross. So it was like oh, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. oh okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a nice little that's touch good. to to go with the film. What else? Director Tommy O'Haver. Yeah. Um, I am not that familiar with his work, but he does have eleven directing credits. I know a lot of the. A lot of the people we've spoken about on Netflix are yeah. pretty fresh, um, but he's done. Um, just lost my notes here. But Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted. Yeah. So I've heard of that film, but I don't know why I've heard of that. It's got Anne Hathaway in it. It was pretty big um, when it came out. Yeah, like, he, um, he hasn't done anything before this since two thousand and nine, though. Okay, so it's like eight years in between in between drinks for him, hmm. which was interesting. I thought some interesting things. So there's this character David um, in the in the story, yeah. and he's hired um, in the in the film as he, as 
um, Madeline's manager yeah. and in real life he was hired as a typesetter um, mm. and later promoted so I thought that was a, a diff- nice little different sort of thing yeah. I guess I guess it's always going to happen when you, you watch a, a film based on real life yeah. you're going to change little bits and pieces yeah. kind of just cutting that step though isn't it because he ended up being the manager didn't he he still ended yeah. up yeah. yeah so just kind of cutting out to make it a bit shorter yeah. I think the, um, the writer as well Irene Turner um it's their, their second writing credit after a movie that they did with the director Tommy O'Haver so they've partnered with them for both their yeah. their writing credits so that's right the other film that he did was An American Crime yeah. and that was starring Alan Page and it got 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb from 30,000 ratings so it must, I've, I've wow. not heard of it yeah, I've never heard of it either that's, that's, that's impressive though it's a good score 7.3 out of 10 so it must be alright great score you assume an American Crime has a similar sort of crime film to, to what we've got in this one as yeah. well um I shouldn't be saying this without knowing, so <laughs> ignore me. The other thing I thought was interesting was that they made this big deal about that Supreme Court case in the film about mm. prayer in real life, whereas prayer in schools had already been ended prior to her coming. It was more about the Bible readings than the prayer. Um, so I thought that was. Do you reckon that was just easier for them to do? I get the, like it's clearer, just like let's yeah, prayer as opposed to. And that was a I real, so. it was a real quick, easy scene, like straight in the yeah. school. Had to go with the teacher, and that was sort of done, done yeah. and dusted. So I thought, yeah, that was. I mean, it's one, it's almost one of the same, though, isn't it? Prayer versus mandatory Bible reading. It's the yeah. same notion. It's, so yeah, it's similar. Very so. Yeah, just make it easy doing it that way for a film. So I think I, I looked at a couple of other things that differed from real life to the, mm. to the film and. Um, obviously, uh, Madeline fired David um, in the film because he was just, you know, inappropriate yeah. and sort of became a bit of an arrogant pig and all that kind of stuff. But in the real life, she found out that he'd stolen fifty thousand dollars from the organisation. Obviously, fired him, um, and then David Waters pled guilty to the charges of stealing the money, and he paid it back. However, Madeline O'Hare obviously was infuriated by the law enforcement's decision not to imprison him and so she subsequently humiliated him by publishing his history of disturbing behaviour in one of the American Atheist magazine obviously uh, we knew he's got a yeah. she found out about his background mm-hmm. so she published all that information about him wow. in the magazine um, and obviously when Waters read the article he sought revenge and you know, we all know what happened but yeah. I find it really interesting that they gloss over that part yeah. of the film I would have liked it into the movie then yeah. that part there because it makes me think Two, two things, right? This movie paints Madeleine O'Hare as a little bit of like an anti-hero, mm. especially with the way she's sort of fighting against um, equality and people's right for their own, you know, she doesn't she doesn't mm. have a go at what people's feelings are, but she's yeah. basically, you know, pleading the First Amendment. Um, and back then that was really controversial, but right now if someone's like, hey, I don't want to do prayer in school because I'm not religious, it's mm. like, yeah, of course, that's fine. So yeah. they paint her as this like real progressive thinker. She's pretty much the hero of the film, even though you don't overly like her. Mm. So that kind of really taints that picture of her if, if you include that information. But the other thing being, if you find out that her and her son and her granddaughter have been kidnapped, this is the first guy you go to, right? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, does anyone hate her? Oh, everyone hates her. It's yeah. like, yeah, but this guy particularly this guy? has a reason. Yeah. He's stolen from her. They've got this big feud. Mm. So I guess that's another reason why they left it out because the story is less interesting because it's, it's bleedingly obvious. Yeah, it is. I, I thought they did a good job in promoting that idea that she's gone missing before, she's gone off the radar before, she's got heaps of money, she could be anywhere. Which is all true as yeah. well. Yeah. That, was, that was the theory and I think the idea of them going to New Zealand because they had money in accounts in New Zealand yeah. had been floated a lot as well. Yeah. They, 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 everyone hated them, they were eventually just going to go to New Zealand, maybe they've done it right now. But I remember thinking it 
um, whilst watching the film, uh, her assistant Roy, who is probably the only one who was really digging to see yeah. what was going on with them. Um, when they showed the flashback of David at the party and that and that sort of feud that they had between them, I'd be thinking if I was Roy, this guy should be a suspect. Mm-hmm. But then with all this background information, he should obviously yeah. be a suspect. <laughs> He's the number one, like, without a doubt. And the other thing that got me was Gary Carr, who was the other guy yeah. with um, David. He was arrested and he wasn't charged for murder in real life. So he was charged with conspiring to kidnap um, and robbery, but it was David Waters who was charged for murder. So in the, the film, film that, 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 Gary yeah. kills. I think it was two of them. Yeah, he? yeah. I found that interesting as well because yeah. I'm like, I want to know more about this Gary guy because he's kind of the problem here. He's a, he's a nutcase. But and... again, I think in real life, David Waters must have just done it all, and Gary was or, just there. Or did he take the blame for it when Gary really did kill them? Potentially, potentially. Yeah, um, interesting. I guess we won't know that, but. Mm. Couple of little differences between the yeah, no, it's good. That one, I don't know why you'd necessarily change it. I, I would have put that in the film because yeah. I mean, you kind of just get, get, think that the motivation is for money. Because you kind of like film. David in the film is almost like, oh, you got unlucky that you hired this guy who was a bit of a hothead. Yeah, but in reality, that probably wasn't the case. No, I don't know. yeah. Just, just okay. I found it interesting because I actually enjoyed reading up on this afterwards because. The best thing was, this is obviously such a really big story mm. that I knew there was going to be lots of information about it. Um, and I think my point that I said earlier about whether you guys knew the story, mm. I think if I hadn't known the story, this would have been a lot more interesting because I would have been like, what did happen behind the scenes with yeah. this situation? But at the time, I'm watching this movie thinking, I don't know about you guys, I thought they were going to get out of it. Like, I never thought they were going to die. Yeah, so I'm too. watching this movie just like, yeah. something happened. Like, yeah. I guess no, I, no one's really looking for you. You just that was a, chilling in this house. When they got killed, that was a massive surprise to me. I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like this is like a movie I'm watching. I assume that, you know this. It's a happy ending. That like the good guys get away. Exactly. They win. Like it happens. Like so, holy shit! Like they're killing them. <laughs> which I don't think. Which a surprise that that can be a good thing in a film. Yeah. But I think in this one, it took away from oh, it because it was, it was very surprising. It was kind yeah. of boring before that. But I reckon if you hadn't known they were killed, you'd be watching this going, "Where does this go wrong?" Yeah. Like this is Absolutely. kind of working out really well. Absolutely agree. A lot of people who watched this in America though would know that they were going to die that's so, what I mean yeah, that's so, true yeah, yeah. so yeah. they so would have interpreted like what should it 100% absolutely yeah and I don't know about you guys but I think that would have made it better do you reckon that would have been better do you reckon you would have enjoyed that more it's, can, t- it's a real tough question I can see both sides of it. Like, I, I liked watching it not knowing what was going to happen just like in most movies you know you yeah, like, yeah, like, like what you not know but for a movie I guess like this where it's based on a true story and you know, so a lot of other people know I think yeah it would have been cool to know kind of the ultimate end goal so you can see you know what's going to happen and you, it's really interesting to see how they got there so yeah. I, I can definitely see both sides as to I think I only wanted movie. to know that though because I was bored with it otherwise yeah. I yeah. was just like this, this is boring like Nothing's happening to them. They're just going to get out of this. The journalist mm. or whatever is going to find them, um, which was a nice, nice that that didn't happen. But then I was like, I didn't enjoy three quarters of the film because of that. Yeah. So, no, so I, I, I didn't dislike the film at all because it. Well, this is our second biographical film after Barry. Barry, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, yeah turning the one. second one off Netflix yep. so far, and I had the same sort of yeah. same sort of feeling while watching it was, okay, so the, it, it was more just a retelling of what had happened rather than trying to investigate True. and work out what yeah. was happening. It was, they were just retelling the stories. And I guess and, the, and the reveal was it was just going to happen as it happened. The difference between this and Barry for us is that we knew Barack yeah. Obama. So yeah. seeing him yeah. in a situation that we'd never seen him before was, was cool and interesting. Yeah. That's, and, that, and that was 
probably one of the best things about that film. Hmm. So what about the consensus? Some, some of the, the thoughts from reviewers and audiences? Uh, didn't go great. I don't think. Got a, what, a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes from 20 reviews. 20 reviews? It's such a small sample size. Yeah. 20 is bigger than a lot of the films we get. But then, like, the, uh, the audience rating on there was 39% from only 237 ratings, which is quite low as well. That's why we branch out. Exactly. That's why we go to IMDb and oh, that's, that's why IMDb and Letterboxd, I think, are a lot better as well. <laughs> and out of 6.1 on IMDb. Which, which is pretty good. Which, which is, is pretty good. Yeah, I think you'd take that. From three and a half thousand, yeah, and Wetterbox was a two point six out of five from a bit over fourteen hundred. So it's a little bit low. Works out to like a five point two out of ten, basically. So, I mean, thirty nine, five point two, six point one. You'd probably call it just under par. Like, yeah, I think critically, you'd say it didn't quite. No, no, I don't get there. But it wasn't a flop. Well, it wasn't an absolute flop, but yeah, it wasn't anything. But then this is again, so this is that Netflix model where this isn't one that Netflix of, hey, we're going to run it in cinemas for a little bit or anything like that. So so the critics aren't going to go out of their way to watch it if they know that there's not going to be a lot of coverage for it. If only 20 had seen it. Yeah. And when, when I say flop, I obviously don't mean it was a box no, no, flop. Yeah. I didn't make money. I just mean it in yeah. consensus-wise. Probably just didn't quite do what they would want it to do. Yeah. So our overall feelings before we kick into it a little bit I think I kind of said you, I think like, yeah. yeah that was kind of the thing for me I felt like I was watching a telly movie the whole time and yep. wasn't that interested in it I thought it was pretty average I, I, I was pretty in for the first kind of half really like the first half and then I thought the second half just dragged and dragged and I'm like nah come on it's, let's get this over with now I, yep. I was quite bored in the second half I thought it did a, a good job of telling the story of a character that none of us obviously knew Definitely. much about yeah, at all we'll give it that. so opened up the possibilities of looking a little bit further if you're a bit more interested but yeah that, that's where I'm at I guess yeah it was, a, it, was a, it was a good narrative of a person's life yeah that's exactly what it was yeah. Yeah. I actually um, so kind of finished watching this and actually pretty much thought straight to uh, MJ what you said I'm pretty sure about the siege of Chaitetville mm-hmm. where I finished watching this and went this probably should have been like a, a 45 minute Documentary. Yeah, I'm not really sure if a movie was needed. I mean, if you wanted to know, if I wanted to know about this, I think just just what, how the movie was done, I think I would have preferred this as just a documentary to see, get all the facts rather than actual, than actually watching a movie because I don't think the movie worked too well. well. I, I spoke to you guys earlier in the week where the day after I'd watched this film, I listened to a podcast called Forensic Files, which is literally <laughs> literally a an audio recreation of the Forensic Files TV show. So I had a look into it and it was like 2002, this episode had aired mm. and it's literally this, this, this story. So, uh, so if you did want that doco sort of thing, you can yeah. Forensic to Files. To your point actually tell. about Siege of Jadotville, I guess the difference between this and probably this plays more into Most Had a Woman in America, the difference is if this movie, if this story was really big in America, then I can understand more why this movie was made. Yep. But Siege of Jadotville felt like a really underground story anyway right yeah so no one really knew about it and then they wanted to tell the story so uh, that's for Jadaville I was like why do you make this story yeah, like, this doesn't need to be a movie yeah. kind of thing so that's that's kind of the difference with that now more of a more of a biopic on one particular person yeah I think how good was the makeup actually on um Melissa Leo mm, to yeah. age her yeah, like, it was cool. obviously they used yeah. the same person through a period of 40 years yeah. give or take yeah. roughly that 30, I think they did a really good job on that yeah I, I thought Melissa Leo she gave a great performance 
thought her, her acting was amazing. I can only assume that was, yeah, like bang on from what she was like as a person. Mm. Um, I really like the setup of her straight away. So the sort of the opening scenes then with the bags on there or mm. the, the coverings on the head the hoods, yeah. and she has a go at the son Garth straight away because he can't do the knots. And she's like, you yeah. know, I should have sent you this to scouts. So you know, straight away that she's this yeah. hard ass sort of matriarch who's, you know, has things her way or, you know, the highway almost. Mm. So I, I like that. And I thought it closed well, you know, they had this interview at the end where, you know, the best part of her life was being a woman, a grandmother and a mother. So I thought they, mm. they sort of rounded her character out quite well. Yeah. It's actually cool how they did those scenes where they were clearly interview scenes done on a TV show, but they just substituted Melissa Leo doing it as yeah. opposed to, because there were some other scenes where they had news stories and stuff that I think they flicked between actual footage yeah. and then their and the characters. Actual, yeah. I liked the intertwining of those the real footage, but I didn't like the cut of the real act, like the actors from the life, because I thought it sort of it was too obvious. It felt different. It felt different. Yeah. It just didn't flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the. It was, it was a brave decision to do that, though. I think it looks better because you, could you imagine if they actually had it just chucked in the real Madeline? Um, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't have liked that. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Felt, yeah, yeah. And, and that started really early too, like that protest with the the black yeah, protest for right. the. Um, that one actually looked okay. Yeah, with the kid, white. black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, that was. Definitely, I think hmm. to my to the point I kind of touched on earlier, they really wanted her. This was almost like an opportunity to paint someone who was really hated. The film's called the most hated mm. woman in America, and for a long time was ostracized for her beliefs. They really wanted to paint her out to be this real progressive thinking hero because the notion of giving people freedom of speech or the chance to do what they want to do is 100% what we're doing right now in 2019 now this film was made in 2017 100% what we were doing what we're doing now and she was just way ahead of the curve so I think they used it as an opportunity to paint this person in a really positive light and maybe one of the first opportunities to do that no I agree I thought, yeah, I thought she was good. She's a good character. I thought she was still dicey. Like, I don't think she's this real hero. Yeah. Oh, like, I didn't love her, yeah. but I liked it. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. And, you and, and that probably goes down, like, sort of for Melissa Leo did an awesome oh, job. Melissa Leo was also fantastic. I thought, I thought she was brilliant. Yeah. Any, any other characters that you want to discuss? Um, I just... What more the the characters? I, I'm, I'm a fan of Josh Lucas. He's, he's in a lot of movies and plays a lot of kind of small bit parts. Not sure I've seen him play the bad guy too often. I don't think they... And you know what? They, they made him like an okay bad guy yeah, too. Yeah, like it wasn't until the very end where I was kind of... Because I think at one point in the movie, he's like, you know, for, for kidnappers, we're pretty hospitable or something, you know, because he's getting them food. Like, he didn't seem that kind of bad. But, yeah, I just... I hadn't really seen him play the villain. Or even if, even if he's a villain at all. And I thought that was just really interesting. He's, um, he's the guy in Sweet Home Alabama, yeah? Yeah, yeah he is, yeah. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, he's, he's the he, love interest. He, he's, he plays like small roles in, in a lot of things, but I think he's in Red Dog. Times. Red Dog. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. He's, he's in the Lincoln Lawyer. He's good in the Lincoln Lawyer. I didn't like that Danny, that criminal Danny. So you had um, oh the good criminal, the good criminal. Yeah, I, I felt like that they tried to make him good right near the end. So that was, was that, it, probably because of real life. Is, is yeah, that the kid. Yeah, the yeah. young guy. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, oh, you know, I'm t- he's talking to Madeline. He's like, oh, I'm going to Florida to see my kid. And they're trying to make him out, and I thought, oh, this is real obvious now. You're going to die. Yeah. They did it pretty late. They did it real late. I thought like they have that in like just so many movies though, where it's like kind of the young kidnapper who's kind of been just like he's been forced into doing this. He's but he's the one with a conscience and stuff. Yeah. And in yeah. real life, that's kind of exactly what happened. Is he built a relationship with Madeline with all of them? Yeah, and 
they killed him at the end because they're like, no, no, this guy's yeah, he's gonna he's gonna rat, rat us out. out yeah. yeah, but you're right. That kind of felt really late because really when they started doing that, I'm like, oh, he's gonna like bust them out of there or something. Yeah. Um, but I guess they were just like, oh crap, we haven't developed him into what actually <laughs> happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> I actually the the role for me was um, Adam Scott as Jack Ferguson, the um, journo. Yeah, that felt like a really nothing role. Absolutely. For, for someone like Adam, Adam Scott's a good actor, and he's mm. got he's got enough of a name to, yeah. to sort of lift a film. But I get the vibe that the journalist played a big part in the real story. But it felt like they just had to put him in in this story. It's, it's like they wanted like a, like like a name actor in there, and they've thrown him in without really having a role for him. We're just like, hey, we, we just want to get this guy in there yeah. because it was. Well, I think there would have been like yeah. a journalist that was across the story the whole yeah, time. But, like, yeah, this wasn't enough because it was like it was more a progression point. It was just to check in to see where they were at. Or yeah. that someone was looking, looking for them. But like the fact that no one actually found them during the kidnapping, no one knew about them until three years later or whatever it was. Yeah, I was like. What the hell was the point of... Like, they didn't dig deep enough. They didn't go anywhere with it. Just because no one thought they were kidnapped. People just thought they were missing. But those two did, right? Yeah. Like, the was journalists were investigating it. They were, yeah. they were, That's two people. They were like, sure, yeah. but they were sure. But then, then why, why... Like, it's almost just like have a token what, scene where someone's looking for them. Yeah. Don't have it, like, constantly happening and yeah. nothing comes off with it. I will say, though, I did enjoy seeing his beard. <laughs> good beard. beard in a few things. Yeah, that was a good beard. I liked it because well, I, 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 I don't think I'd even seen him with a beard before. I'm used to seeing him without one. And then I, I, first time he comes on screen, I'm like, oh, Adam Scott's got a beard. <laughs> I like it. Is this the 30th Netflix film? 31st? 30th. 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 Yeah. So I think you'll, he he's, it comes up again in like the 46th film. With a beard? I can't remember. Oh, I feel better. like I've seen him with a beard. I know he hasn't got one in Parks and Rec, but yeah, see, that's kind of where I know him from. Wait, I mean, like a, a film like um, Step Brothers as well. He's got no beard, and he's got that little baby face, hasn't yeah. he? So. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was <laughs> a great I think, role. I, th- I think we've gone t- talking on far too long about someone's beard in this movie. Um, Rory Cochran, who played Gary Carr, um, they showed glimpses of his like reckless sociopathic yeah. side. So I guess the audience wasn't shocked when he did what he did. But I felt like he was such a minor character and he played such a significant part in the film that I actually would have liked if they dug a little bit deeper on this character. Like, you kind of knew that he was a loose cannon, but he was the one that derailed the whole thing. And it's like this guy who just sits in the corner the whole time. Yeah, like, wow, just being know? creepy yeah, t- towards I the younger, towards the granddaughter. I want to check this in now because I have this in my questions for later. Yep. Would the film have been better if it focused on one protagonist? So like you're saying here, you could have just focused on the kidnappers and their story or you could have just focused on the journalist and the journalist story or you could have just focused on the family. Whereas I feel like they've tried to chuck in everyone that was involved in the story rather so, than... Yes. You could I never thought gone, about that, but now you say that, if you just have yeah. the point of view from one person, then yes. it could have flown... like. It would have gone. It would have run a lot more smoother. Absolutely, I reckon that would have been so much better. If I'm recutting this film, I'm dropping the journalist story completely. Completely, yeah. You don't need it, and I'm probably focusing more on the kidnappers. I'm, yeah, I want a movie just based on the kidnappers now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's so much better. Good question. Very and you, you can still have the flashbacks with bits and pieces of how they got to that stage of kidnapping her, but yeah, 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 story really I'm all yeah. for even having yeah. more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, really yeah. good point. Oh yeah, absolutely, Jesse. That's yeah. great. Probably the last character I wanted to talk about was Bill Jr. Was so that the the son was was the emotional connection to the story supposed to be Bill and the mum and them kind of falling out. And so Bill was the one that wasn't kidnapped. Correct. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure. Um, 
I kind of felt like they tried near the end to show a bit of regret on both of them, like, I wish we didn't fall out. And they kept harping back to Madeline and Bill. And Mm. I felt like they tried really hard to make that the emotional connection and me as an audience to care about, oh, you know, I wish they didn't fall out with Bill or, like, she's still got Bill out there and he's... And so it didn't, it didn't literally goes back to literally just what I said before. You could have had that story just on their relationship I mean, instead. Yeah, yeah. but I, well, and then you first, then you would have cared about it because the first, yeah the first, first half of the film or first exactly, yeah. third of the film you, you couldn't really avoid the falling out though, like because didn't Madeline take custody of his daughter? Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay so with the fall, like, I don't care about the falling out. I yeah. just I think I was supposed to care more that they did fall out. Okay. When they fell yeah, out, I was like, yeah, I don't okay. really care. Like yeah. you guys are on different pages anyway. Yeah, I feel like passing back, especially maybe at the end as well, kind of when he's saying, you know, let's not say a prayer because she wouldn't have liked that. It's yeah, kind of like he kind of understands her. So yeah, maybe you were. I kind of wanted to feel care. more loss for that yeah. breakup. Yeah. Um, because I didn't feel much in this film and I thought they were trying with that. I'm like, I can see what you're trying to do, but I just don't think you're quite doing it. But then maybe I'm just wrong and they just, that was a plot point. I yeah. I, I agree. I like. I think the the breakup. It was just in that office, pretty much where he walked out, and I, that wasn't really as impactful as it could have been because I felt yeah. like I liked the the build up of the relationship with her and the son from the start because Did you know that, it's going to end. Yeah, and because um, it brings to her mind, you know, he has this thing like, "There's what's wrong with people," and um, you know, you're always complaining about the world's wrong, and you you know, you never do anything. So that was sort of that motivation for her to do things was because of Billy. So I liked that you know they kept that relationship going throughout the film. But I thought that the way it was done was really weird because the first when they go missing, the first thing Roy does is he goes and sees Billy in his office, yeah. and and I thought that um, it was obvious, or they tried to set it up as if I want you to think that Billy's a suspect straight away. Yeah, I felt like that scene with Roy and him sitting in the desk. It's like we're setting Billy up to be the suspect. He's the one. So we've gone from them being kidnapped, and the first person we see next is Billy. It's like here's an obvious thing to we want you to think of him as the suspect the whole way through. Where I don't like what you're talking about. You need to focus more on their relationship rather with the mum and not make him as the suspect the whole way through because yeah. you're thinking the whole way through, oh, is Billy going to turn on me? Until we well, you make, know, yeah. as soon as you see the kidnappers, you know he's not. It also sets up the fact that... Because you see Bill as an older man, a man yeah. who's already fallen out with his mum before you see the young Bill. Yeah. So you know that this relationship that they're showing between Madeline and Bill as mother and son that grows up and they've got the same ideas and they grow up and they work together. You know that it's never yeah. going to end well. Yeah. Like, but they set that up straight away. Maybe if they didn't do that and when they broke up, when they actually did you know, have that sort of falling out, it would have more impact than you yeah. going, well, I'm waiting for this to happen. I'm yeah. waiting for this to happen. I agree with that. Yeah, I think we should have seen those early scenes first. Yeah. Not knowing how it was going to end. Because what a great them. relationship they had as mother and yeah. son. Oh, it was, awesome. it was brilliant yes. when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reveal of the kidnappers was pretty slow, realistically. Like, you didn't, because the, there's a few cuts where it's like, you see there, they recognize who's kidnapped him, but they didn't show you the faces. So in my mind, I was still mm. thinking, oh, maybe this is Billy. Maybe yeah, this is right. Billy that's kidnapped him. Mm. So I've got that, that, I've got that confusing thing yeah. through my head where I'm like, okay, we're going back. Billy seemed like he didn't want anything to do with working out where they were. So I'm yeah. like, oh, is he guilty? Is he yeah. a suspect? Yeah, okay. And then just to throw it sort of, yeah, I, that's where I was at. What, talk about some scenes? Talk about some scenes. Talk about some scenes, yeah. All right. I, I thought the the slow reveal over Madeline knowing who David was and how the family knew him, I liked that. I thought that was good with the slow reveal, but then again, it goes in against... As in from the hoods being... Yeah, from the hoods being revealed and yeah. then like working out how he worked for her and yeah. that, was good. that relationship. Yeah, I thought Learning that. more and more about David. Because initially she's like, oh, it's you. And we're like, yeah. who are you? Yeah, who, exactly. Who are you? Who are you? 
you're Josh Lucas, but yeah. who are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe this this story could have been better if it was just told in a linear in yeah, a linear that's way. That's yeah. so true. Just go from 1960s right yeah, through to the just, end, just rather than cutting back up. Or just, or just yeah. tell the story of them being kidnapped. I don't care about all the stuff that's happening on the outside. Just mm-hmm. focus on them, and you got a flashback for them. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yep. On sorry, on that scene as well. Um, I can't explain why I like this, but <laughs> he takes off um, the the son's hood first, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And it cuts to Josh Lucas, and he just nods to him. And he takes off the granddaughter's hood. She's like, oh, oh my God. And he nods to her as well. I really like his nod to each one. I have no idea why. <laughs> I cannot explain to you why. Like, what, what, what kind of acknowledgement it kind of was. Maybe like, oh, hey, you know, it's me. Yep. You know, I know you. Maybe it's kind of like, no, yes, I might hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Or I'm not sure like, how it's supposed to be. But I really liked his nod to each one as they kind of went, oh, yeah. Because oh I thought that you. was Billy. Yeah. And nodding, oh my God, it's Billy. It's Billy. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. what I was thinking of. I like, I, I like that nod from Josh Lucas. Yeah, good. What else? I I like the opening scene. It, it it opens and you've got three of them sitting there in a bed with hoods on their head. Straight away, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. You've got three people who have been abducted and they're sitting there. I'm intrigued as to how this happened. So, I mean, as I said, I, I liked the first half of this movie. And I think that started because I really liked the opening scene because it got me intrigued straight away as to what was going on. Was that, was that the opening scene initially or did they have that empty house with the dogs? First. They may have that. Yeah. May, may, may have that. Maybe, they did. Maybe I had that in my questions. Scene. The top up. Top, I wanted a Todd update Mate. straight away. The dogs were barking. Okay. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. So Todd was barking because initially you just hear the dogs. Yeah. And he hated that because he's like, "Where's this coming from?" And then you see the dogs. It's like, "Oh my god, there it is!" <laughs> and they keep referencing the dogs, and the dogs like, "Yeah, they would have left the dogs." I'm like, stop talking about the dogs. Don't go back to the dogs because my dog can't handle other dogs on screen. <laughs> so there's definitely. Um, and you know what he just didn't quite settle throughout the whole film because he kind of knew the dogs were never far away as well. <laughs> well the dog was back at the end you were sitting on the couch with Roy and I was like oh don't bark don't bark <laughs> oh, God. yeah this is a bad dog film <laughs> anything else Heath I've got a few more yeah if you want to no, no, go um, oh so I mean we mentioned before the scene when Madeline goes into her son's school and yells at the teacher and tells her you know, <laughs> she's not you know excuse my son from prayer in class I thought that was a good and it was a funny scene I like that. <laughs> Good. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want, do you want, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Oh, um, You're on a roll here. You want to roll? Yeah, fill us in. Um, I liked the. I think it was the initial radio interview um, with with Madeline, um, and you know she's talking about that stuff, and it culminates in her. She's getting out, and she's got the Jesus, who's like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> so does Santa, and then he shoots her. Yeah. Uh, I I really like that scene as well. Oh, that was in. That was one of my scenes. I did not. You, like. you didn't like it. The whole yeah, I I really like the the Jesus loves you line, and she just responds with, "So does Santa." Kind of like that. She keeps up that act, you know that, that thing of you know I, I don't care. So it was less about that part of it. It was yeah. more about the radio. So the radio scene, I thought the acting was shocking by everyone. She was fine. Yeah. The the DJ or the whatever who was there and the people calling in was awful. Just the way they were reading their lines was so bad. Okay. And then I'm watching that scene thinking, why are we having a radio interview of her like answering nothing? Mm-hmm. And then when she walks out, I actually thought they really glossed over the fact that she got shot at. But then you, <laughs> you learn that like, I guess a few people tried to. Yeah. Okay. But I'm like, she just got shot at. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then like next thing she's like in hospital or whatever. And it's like, yeah. she just got shot at. Like how are you guys just. <laughs> and that, that scene led to a good spot where. Billy yeah. could leave, like, you know, stick with his mum rather than his kid and his wife as yeah. well. So it's, it had a nice little flow. I like Jesus shooting her. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. 
Um, oh, my only other one was um, the, the 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 end killing scene. It just got really intense. <laughs> I guess also because in the second half of the movie, I, I was bored. Like I, I got bored in the second half, and then it suddenly like climaxes with this. These guys just decide to to kill them. And I was like, oh my god, this is intense. So that kind of just picked me up a bit more, and like you know, it, I guess the, the it kind of took it up a notch when I was kind of bored and needed something to bring me back up I was like oh this is intense like oh what's going on here yeah mm. cool it was out of nowhere it, it was yeah I yeah. liked it I liked the scenes go. with um, the reverend and her doing the tour and making cash I thought that, oh, that yeah. was, I thought that was a nice little thing where you know he's having to go about making like you know about money and that sort of thing and then he's like yeah I'm happy to join let's, let's you know do this together see <laughs> I wonder obviously that really happened yeah I wonder how many people knew how much of like like because they paint that reverend out to be a real like money hungry dick yeah. and I wonder if he has that reputation or they just gave him that reputation because yeah. I'm thinking if you're watching this and you're that guy yeah. you're not going to be happy like, what the hell yeah. <laughs> I thought the scenes with David and Madeline playing cards at different times was good it sort of showed the power that at different times each of them had so they had the, the scene where they're in the office at night and they're playing cards and he made, you know says I let her win because you know she had the power or whatever and then yeah. you, get, you go back where he's got them kidnapped and he beats her so I liked that that card analogy of was it an analogy because it, it was actually explicitly explained though because yeah. I agree yeah, as yeah, an analogy is fine but then he's just like yeah I let you yeah. win now I'm winning it's like I know but yeah, I, I guess you didn't need it but I liked that idea I yeah. guess that's right I wasn't a big fan of those card scenes I, I, think I didn't just dislike more, them but yeah. I, just, I thought that was just kind of subtle subtle's fun just dragging it out like, come on let's get to something more interesting than you guys playing cards <laughs> I enjoyed the, the the drink the Christmas drink sort of scene where um, the blow up between where the two of them yeah. where he just, completely flips and I thought he like straight away I was like wow this guy's creepy like, escalated yeah, really, really quickly. quickly and out of nowhere I was like well okay you you have quite a lot of bad energy he was yeah straight onto that so my note for that one and I touched on it earlier is it made him a painfully obvious suspect <laughs> <laughs> and Roy because they, they show Roy's reaction he's at the party right they show his reaction to David acting like a psychopath but then like who could have kidnapped Madeline I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness and um, like, like the, towards the end there's sort of the night of when they're all going to get killed they're they're, <laughs> yeah, all, they're yeah. all the three of them so there's Madeline Garth and Robin and they're in the bed and there's this high angle shot of them all lying there together as like this close knit family and just sort of showed that I tried to go back to that message of everything she does is for her kids and her family we should have known shouldn't we that was going to be the end mm. Because that was nice. So. Well, there was a quite dramatic change in the soundtrack from that scene. Yeah. As soon as like the the granddaughter's lying in bed awake, the music just goes. Oh, I'm like, okay, I'll be honest. Go when she got up and got a drink or have something, yeah. or whatever. I thought I just I thought he was gonna rape her. Yeah. So I was like, that's in my scenes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when he killed her, because you don't see him kill her. No. They all just the black. It just cuts. They to all her. just come out. They all just come out, and she's just a corpse, basically. Well, because it cuts to black and then it cuts to the the news coverage of another, the yeah, yeah of the disappearance mm. or whatever. It was, yeah. um, so that surprised me, but I, I was making a point that I've completely forgotten. forgotten. That's all right. It's no stress. So we, we might uh, recharge that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got for uh, standout scenes. Look at some forgettable ones. Well. Just going on what MJ um, was saying there. So, yeah, in the scene where the granddaughter comes out and I think she's getting a drink. See, it was a segue I was making. Yeah. 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 And then and then you've got 
Gary Carr, was it? Gary, yeah. Yeah, Gary. He comes up behind her and straight away I just started feeling really uncomfortable and I'm thinking, I really hope I'm not about to see a rape scene. Yeah. Like, it just made me feel really uncomfortable going, oh no, what is going to happen? And I remember not going to be say. good. I, yeah. Why didn't she scream? Yeah. At that, at that yeah. point, why didn't she scream? Because she knew that David and the other Danny yeah she knew that they didn't want this guy doing anything bad yeah so she could have screamed he'd and, been creepy to her before yeah. as well and, and they, it's, they, it's they, not like a first time being like hey what are you doing here and they told yeah. him off for that like yeah. pull your head in mate but yeah. I feel like there was some sort of noise because that woke the other two up it didn't wake yeah, I think they woke up to her like body hitting the ground or something yeah. but at that point yeah, she he's like behind her he's yeah. not like quick or yeah. violent or anything yeah Scream. They're all in this little kind of yeah. motel room or something. Like she screams, everyone's going to hear. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was just feeling really uncomfortable as he was standing behind her, going, "Oh, I'm not sure. I want to see what's about to happen." <laughs> and cut to black. So yeah. So I, 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 I was <laughs> glad about that, but it's, it, it was still making me feel really uncomfortable. Going, "Oh, I, I hope I'm not about to see what I think we're going to see." Cool. Anything else that I didn't like? I, I, no, I, I don't really have any more standout scenes it was just kind of the second half of the movie for me just like dragged that. like I didn't really like anything in the second half because I was just like nah come on I feel like I'm seeing the same stuff let's let's get let's get moving what's happening here one mm. for me that I struggled with was when they jumped to three years later so obviously um, it's bef- they did that before we knew that we knew that they were killed yes so it felt really jerky and out of the blue because obviously we didn't know they died but it really softened the blow of what that scene we just spoke about could have been mm. if we had have seen them go she's dead now Gar's dead yeah. now Madeline's dead rather than three years later you're like oh no one's found them you're like oh well they obviously died like, and I think that that really softened the blow because I had no idea that they were killed mm. um, and then as soon as you go three years later you're like oh well, they did but they could have, they lost all that impact they could have had from that and then they show the scene anyway later on about how it happened it's when like, they're interviewing him in jail yeah, yeah so I, I feel like that was a really missed opportunity I don't know did mm. you guys it's tough because yeah they needed to tie up so because Danny makes that phone call sends that letter to this guy who the police are obviously interviewing three years later yeah is it his brother I think it was his brother his brother yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess they needed to tie that up a little bit yeah but again that's probably what we're talking about we don't need this out of joint cut yeah. where it's. All they could have killed them though. Yeah. They could have done that scene where they kill them. Yeah. And then gone create the tension three years later. Because yeah. then I would have been sitting there like, whoa, they killed them. Yeah. But there's that also. It's like they're trying to play with your mind saying, oh, maybe they still got away. No, but I think that goes to the point where they're expecting people to know the story when they're watching it. Yeah. So they're trying to be a bit more creative about the way they tell the story. And as someone who doesn't know anything of the story, I think we missed out. A little bit disappointing as a film, I guess, if the the creators are thinking, "Hey, you already know this story." When Netflix is a worldwide yeah. company now, there's that's a lot of people that probably don't. Yeah, what a country that don't. Yeah, mm. I didn't like the scene at the end with Danny having to cut the bodies up as well, mm. and then he gets whacked over the head with the shovel. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." Just yeah. I guess yeah. they had to show him getting killed, killed at some yeah. point. Yeah, they make him do all the dirty work. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> Anything else? No, no, no. That's it. So, what's the movie trying to say a little bit? I guess there's, there's I guess it was trying to say heaps of stuff, really. Too, too much. Too think? much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd probably go down yeah, that line as well. That's not a bad point. I think we spoke about how they could have condensed things and told the story differently. Yeah. So I was trying to look at greed a little bit, like money. Everyone was their motives. The the pastor, mm-hmm. Madeline was chasing yeah, cash. Absolutely siphoning cash. Siphoning yeah. cash. David's and after David's cash. Money. Money. So everyone's after cash. After money. What did you think about this non-conformist thing that they tried to push throughout as well? 
so they tried to push you know, at the start they made that comment where when he was a real little kid Billy's like you know we're non-conformists we don't follow what society mm-hmm. does did they try did they I don't know if they did a good enough job of showing us that she was this groundbreaking sort of person but that's the thing is she wasn't doing it for the sake of not conforming she was doing it because she believed yeah like it was in, more she's standing up for her beliefs but the, the title is the most hated woman in America did you did you get the feeling that she would like they didn't show that that much hatred towards I didn't her, think really. she was that hated but obviously she was obviously, yeah, she got yeah. this nickname so obviously there were yeah. things that and they didn't show you I don't know they didn't show that reaction from yeah. the greater public I, I guess. guess you had like I think in that first interview before she's shot, you've got people who are ringing up and who are abusing her. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are going, no, nah, no, nah, she's right. I agree with her. Like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want my kids to be taught religion in school because I'm not religious. So and all the hate mail that she got. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I did like that letter she opened up with a poo in it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to like frame, frame it. Yeah. Uh, there was sort of the, the religious sort of side things too, like atheism and the freedom yeah. to follow or believe in what you want to believe exactly, in. Yeah. And, Stand, standing up for your rights standing yeah. up for who you are and this movie is obviously very pro standing up for your rights because they paint that as a very important thing and a very good thing where at the time it wasn't a good thing so it's almost like a, a bit of a dig at the way society was back then yeah and there's also a bit on I also kind of how far people will go so like how far Madeline went to you know she, like obviously the, that relationship with her, with her son kind of was gone so from that money how far those kidnappers were going to go they ended up committing murder so a bit of that, yeah. Just they applaud her. Like they applaud her for, yeah. for going. And it's, it's, mm. it's, it's almost is a good thing. It's like you work hard, you can achieve what you want to achieve. And mm. if, if you're doing that in the workforce, which she technically was, yeah, um, you can you can achieve a lot. It's just like what she was doing was super controversial at the time. Yeah. If she was doing that now, you, no one would blink an eye. Yeah. She'd have heaps of supporters. And I almost would have liked to have seen a film of her story made in the 90s, so before their kidnappings, just to see what they would have made of her story without like with her still being alive yeah, yeah true yeah. that would have been a real interesting sort of sort of take on whether 90s they is probably could, that yeah. period where things are changing, changing a, little a little bit, bit but yeah. they're still probably less than 50% of because there's still this whole this constitutional rights thing in America that everyone you know these first amendments you protect your freedom your speech your religion but there were so many people against her stand like taking her rights and those things so mm. yeah yeah it was real interesting mm. I spoke briefly before about power as well, this power between who is the most powerful sort of person. So it's all about who mm-hmm. wants to be in power. Madeline, David, fighting. It's a weird kind of guys. power though when it you're is. kidnapping someone. Like It is. It's the most forced power, crude power. And it's like, almost like this retaliation power from David where it's... 100% yeah, retaliation. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not about... Yeah, he and just if, wants to... Yeah. If you look at the real life story, it's massively, <laughs> massively retaliation. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she retaliated first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And... Also, as well, like this this theme of men as well. That and I said that in my opening that men betrayed her the, the whole film. There was not a man that didn't betray her at some stage. Maybe Garth. Mm, and and they, they, but even in bed, Garth at the end, like she had to go at him for calling her names, and he called her like a real bad word. Yeah. So even you could see that he'd let her down at times as well. Roy really didn't betray her though. No, Roy true, Roy, yeah, true. Roy stayed true because Roy, because she stood up for his mm, him being a yeah, gay yeah, he's black a guy. guy. He stayed true to her. It's a very good point. Very mm. good point. And he kept her dog at the end too. He did. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Any any other anything else from the film, theme wise? No. no well, what do we me. take from it then? It's interesting actually chatting about that. This has been a really good discussion and a lot more of a discussion than I thought we would have on it. Because to me, I found the film generally pretty boring. I don't think it was a bad film, um, and I didn't hate it, and I wasn't offended by it. It was just kind of happening on screen, and I was watching it. 
Um, but talking about it, I'm surprised how much I've got to say and we've all got to say about it. So that's because um, I didn't really feel anything from it. But mm. this is it's it's been an interesting conversation. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of like saying a bad comment Com- with yeah, the connotation yeah, yeah, yeah. the back of it. But. And that's almost how, for me from this film as well. That the we spoke about the structuring of time a bit about the way it was set out. In my notes I had I liked the structuring of time better than Take the Ten, but it still wasn't effective. Like it, yeah, because that they're similar. Take the ten was like all upwards, backwards, forwards. Mm-hmm. I like this more than that, but I still didn't wasn't sold on this. Take the ten did it really badly though. It like did, they, yeah. they kind of got confused with what they were trying to do with time. Whereas this <laughs> was a, this was deliberate. Movie, yeah, this was really <laughs> deliberate, and I think they just made some mistakes with not mistakes. I think it might have been more effective, effective to yeah. me. Yeah, everyone has a different opinion. That yeah, is fine. Exactly. Hmm. Anything else we took from the film? Nah, I kind of said for mine at the start. It's okay, really. for, Netflix. It's okay yeah. for Netflix film. Yeah. It's perfect for perfect Netflix, Netflix yeah. film. All right, IMDb. We do it. We sometimes jump on IMDb to check out people, actors, actresses. I got lots in this yeah. one. Yeah, I had two for this one too. So I had, okay. firstly, Rory Cochran, who plays Gary Carr. Yeah, I had him too. So I had him too. He was my one. The first thing, have you guys seen Empire Records? No. No, I've heard it. You should see Empire Records. It's excellent. And I picked him straight away. He's Lucas in Empire Records. But I've also recently watched... Dazed and Confused and he's yeah. Slater in Dazed and Confused okay. and he then I didn't actually realise this after watching those two but he's also one of the guys in Argo who gets um, into the embassy and that's that, that's where I knew him from I, as soon as I jumped on the screen and I'm like I, I know you we're going to IMDb Argo you're one of yeah. you're one of the Americans that's hiding out in the Canadian yeah. embassy and, and I can picture you exactly who you are in Argo yeah, now as well so yeah yeah, he was mine as he's well. A lot of stuff. He, mm, I remembered him from CSI Miami. Like, <laughs> he was in that heaps, what heaps a great and heaps. Show. And I looked, I'm like, oh my god, you are. Yeah, he was in the normal CSI as well, actually. He, what, he yeah. played that character. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in the yeah he played him all. Yeah, he's um, he does a good show. He's yeah. had a decent career for someone who's yeah. not that big a name. And I had so my other ones a CSI one as well. The the cop that walks in at the start when the dogs are barking and uh, he's yeah. there. Yeah. The cop that walks yeah, in to investigate, um, well. Jose Zaniga. Yeah, he's from CSI. And he was in Law and Order a bit as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a double CSI one. Yeah. I also had Roy. Um, there's a movie which I'm pretty sure neither of you guys have seen because I did check your letterbox to see oh. if you've seen it or not because this is a movie I would highly, highly recommend especially for you, Jesse. Yeah. It's called it's called The Triumph but it's also called The Ron Clark Story. Okay. Um, Ron Clark who's like a teacher in like a Harlem primary okay. school and it's a really, really good film. Matthew Perry plays Ron Clark. <sighs> but um, Roy is like the bad kid in that class. He's like a, this is, so he's like in, prime, in elementary school at the time and I recognise the face and it's yeah. alright I'll have to add that to my watch list yeah no, I hi- highly recommend it it's a it's triumph I also had a, a reverse IMDB it because I watched this film about a week ago and in between that yeah. I watched Spider-Man Homecoming and the guy who plays Garth is in Spider-Man Homecoming yeah. so I, I was watching Spider-Man and IMDB it and I'm like oh he's from he's the from most that. <laughs> so I've got a reverse IMDB and that's cool kind of, that is cool yeah very good had that same dirty moustache <laughs> alright so any questions that we have for each other from the film no I I think I've asked a couple already I've asked about the dog update so we've got a good Todd update <laughs> my question is why do you watch this movie is this because you're a bit of a history buff and you want to learn about it? I think so. Because I'm not recommending this to someone as, oh, I just want to watch a movie on a Saturday night. And no, I, I, think, f- I feel like it's almost one of those films that maybe was 
this true crime wave that's sort of been going the past couple of years and it's like oh we can talk do this film open it with a kidnapping hook these people on it's a crime it's a kidnapping how the kidnapping happen but then it goes in a completely different way I think you've got to have some knowledge of the actual story story of the event itself to be able to appreciate it because I would rather watch an actual biographical crime like I'd rather watch a making a murderer episode yeah. than this because it's actually just not pretending to be a narrative, mm, narrative yeah. story um and my other question is, and I should have looked this up rather than made it a question. What happened to Roy after all this? True. Like, did he go on to any, yeah. like, is he running the company or is he? I don't know. Well, we they can't. had the, after the credits, they had all, like, where they were all at now. But yeah, they didn't even mention yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I think I, I was like, hang on. I, I wanted to know as well. So there was, apparently in real life, she, Madeline had a lot of communist sort of connections in real life. And there's only one time in the film where there was any mention of it was where uh, Billy got beat up when he was young and the kids out the front are like, oh, you're commies. Yeah, I and remember I like, that so, actually. So why, like, I thought if that was such a big part of our life, I thought that maybe they could have incorporated that a little bit more just yeah, right. to yeah. sort of show what was going on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to ready wrap, to wrap this up. up. So on Flix Forum, we give our films a rating out of five and then we go around the table and add it up to give an overall rating between the three of us. Hita, what, what did you think? Um, all right, so yeah, I enjoyed the first half of the movie. I thought it started really well, and it got me in. And then kind of the second half, I thought really dragged out a lot. And as I mentioned, I probably thought this probably would have been worked better as a documentary. Um, but I still found it really interesting, and I thought Melissa Leo gave a really great acting performance. I give it two and a half. Well done, Melissa Leo. Good. So I, I thought it was an enjoyable film to take in content really about the life of yeah. an important character. So the acting was good. The reveal of the story was fairly decent, but it wasn't groundbreaking, but I still thought it was fun to watch. So I'm giving it a three and a, a three out of five, three, 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 just three. Yeah, I nearly slipped. I nearly half. just slipped. I was like, no, no, just three, just three. So I, I just found it a little bit too hard to shake that Italian movie feel. And therefore, I just couldn't quite get into it. Um, as I've said, I reckon if I had been familiar with the story, it might have been a little bit more interesting to see that dynamic of the kidnapping. But without that, it was a little bit dull, it was a little bit slow, and it just felt a little bit purposeless um, w- without any context. So, two stars for me. All right. So, out of five, what does it give us an average of? I'll try not to stuff it up this time. 2.5. 2.5. Oh, that's a clean number. 2.5 out of five. So... We are on social media. We have oh, Facebook. You better believe it. We don't have a Snapchat, but we have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. <laughs> Call us out on the thing. No, no, I'm struggling today. Um, we always chuck a question up there. The question this week that I want you guys as our audience to answer is: What could be a better title for this film? Because I, I like we spoke about before. I don't think the title of um, the most hated woman in America really came through enough in this film. So, what would yeah. be a better title for this film? Interesting. Yeah. So, if you haven't subscribed, please do. We we love our subscribers. Flix Forum uh, on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, yeah. iTunes YouTube. YouTube as well. Please follow us if you can. Next week, the film we're looking at is the 2017 romantic science fiction film, The Discovery. It's directed by Charlie McDowell. It stars, stars Jason Siegel, Rooney Mara. Is it Siegel or Segal? Siegel. Siegel. Siegel, good. Jason Siegel, Rooney Mara, Jesse Plemons, Riley Keogh, and Robert Redford. So Robert Redford. Robert Redford. What? Oh, it's a huge cast. Jeez. Um, that's, oh, as in, I was going to no, say, this is like, a shorter one. No, no, no. That's the biggest cast we've had on Netflix. Robert Redford? I'm pumped. Make, so, yeah. Make sure you jump on Letterboxd as well. Letterboxd. Follow us at Letterboxd. Follow. Follow us at Letterboxd and, yeah, watch this film before next week so you can enjoy our discussion and we don't ruin it too much for you. Yep, please do. Good chatting. 
Good chatting. Thanks, boys. More out of that than I thought. That was really good fun. All right. And uh, we will see you guys next week. See you next week. week.